Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 and then Locked On SEC Podcast joining us here on Out of Bounds. And Gordy, as always, man, appreciate it. It's the best time of year. How you doing? Yeah, man, listening to you guys uh, start up the segment, I got to think uh, your your focus is shifting from the three uh, losses in a row on Arkansas football to Arkansas basketball season. I saw the uh, SEC media day attendees to Ron Brazil and Devo Davis heading. So, yeah, I, I think I'd be more excited about Arkansas hoops right now than football anyway. Chris, is way too early for that, right? It, it's not. It's not time <laughs> to just jump off football completely. You got to stick with it. Yeah, I mean, there's, that, that's the tough part is there's so much season left to go. And, uh, you know, look, you had two close losses to BYU and LSU. You're like, okay, all right, we're right there. Well, whatever the hell that was on Saturday, I don't know what Dan, Dan Enos – look, we thought things couldn't get worse with Kendall Bryles, but Dan Enos is taking this thing to a whole new level of suck, <laughs> and it's just unfortunate. Well, and speaking of that, since we're discussing it, man, like you, you mentioned Enos, and he's been under a lot of heat, obviously, from Razorback fans and some of the decision-making, especially the the whole night, and still lining up in shotgun, trying to get a short-down situation with K.J. Jefferson, which still has yet to work. Like, why, though? Like, Danny Enos is a guy who had success at Arkansas as an OC. He was at Alabama. Uh, he's been places where – I'm not saying he's the greatest offensive coordinator of all time, but he has had success, and he's proven success even in this conference – why is it that now at Arkansas, where it seems like he has weapons and know the offensive line is suspect, but why is it that now where it goes from looking like an offense that at least has an identity to now, I don't even know what I'm watching week to week? Yeah, there's no creativity. I mean, um, you know, look, we're, we're finding out LSU's defense isn't all that good, so the, the showing there in Baton Rouge maybe was a little bit of fool's goal. But I just, I mean, I talk with you, John, at SEC Media Days. When you bring back two stud players like KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. I know Rocket's been banged up, but like to have those two guys back and be two and three, you know, oh and two in the conference through the first five weeks, this is unacceptable. Like you've got to do something with these guys because you know what the excuse is going to be next year. Oh, uh, well, you know, we're working in a new quarterback, we're working in a new running back. You know, you, like you're going to have all the excuses of everything's new, but like this with veterans like this, guys who played so many games, it's just. It's, it's mind-numbing on, on why it's so bad. And, and you're right. Like, you know, after Traylon Burks, we struggled to find who's that next good receiver. And I think Arkansas's actually got a pretty good receiver room right now. It's just a matter of, man, like they, they can't get him the football. The, the, the O-line can't protect. They can't block. KJ can't even be effective in the run game because there's nowhere to run. I mean, it's just – and Sitter tap a little bit A&M. I think their defense is – is as advertised. They've been playing lights out as of late, but man, that that's just it's ugly. And and you look at this weekend, and my God, if you can't go toe to toe with Ole Miss, this is going to be a fourth straight loss down in Oxford. Chris, they're still trying to figure out the offensive line, which has been an issue all season. How big of a problem is that going into Game Six, and now they're making changes on the offensive line? They're moving pieces all around. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, it's it's a little concerning for me. Um, you know, first off, I got to say, awful news to hear about Luke Haas because I thought he was going to be a, a you know, like he was an upcoming star, and of course, you know, his season gets derailed, and now we got to wait till till next year to see him back out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard that they they're thinking of making changes. I I had some concerns about the O line coming into the season, just in terms of like it, it was some names we liked, like Bo Limmer and and and. 
you know, Tykeus Ty- Crawford, we had him on the show uh, this offseason a lot on SEC. And, you know, they had some guys that just was kind of figuring out roles and who's going to do what. But, yeah, that's saw, you know, yesterday that what uh, uh, Patrick Kudos, he, he might be in there. I mean, there, there's just so many different changes they've made, um, you know, and didn't seem like solidified coming into the season. Again, I like the guys they have, but, um, man, they just they just have not gelled for one reason or another. And uh, a team that is so predicated on the run, you know, you, you just can't have that. And, and then, again, the pass protection and everything else, and it, it becomes KJ being a one-man one-man offense trying to do everything, and, and he just can't do it. So, Gordy, you mentioned Arkansas playing Ole Miss this weekend. This game is always insane. Don't really know what to make of it. It, it always has the most craziest things going on. So my question to you is, like, Ole Miss is coming off of a big win. Arkansas has been struggling. Ole Miss can score at will. So we know the points are going to be there, at least for Ole Miss. But do you see this possibly setting up a, as a crazy game? But you also think maybe the matchup itself might help Arkansas because they do have a really, really poor defense. Yeah, that's the good news. It's funny. You know, I've been talking about LSU a lot this week, and everybody's been talking about how bad their their defense is. And with Ole Miss, everybody's talking about how great they are and look at the offense, but nobody wants to talk about how bad Ole Miss's defense is. I mean, they were if LSU gets one stop, they win that game, and we're talking about Lane Kiffin. My God, two losses in a row, and their defense is, is garbage. So uh, you're right. I mean, this if you're ever going to have a bounce-back game for the offense, this, this has got to be it. And you know, let's face it. What you're you were a two point conversion two years ago from winning three in a row against Ole Miss. So um, this is one that, that Arkansas can win. Uh, Going to be tough doing it on the road. They, Vaughn Hemingway was rocking last uh, last Saturday against LSU. I'm sure it'll be rocking again this Saturday night. But yeah, if you ever had a get right game, this has got to be it. But you think of the fallout, guys. You lose this one, you're probably not winning in Tuscaloosa next week. I mean, you're talking about a two and five start to the season. And we really have to start having some serious conversations about Sam Pittman and the, the future of the program. So I, I hope they can find a way to bounce back again. This is, this is how the SEC goes, right? Like you start stumbling and suddenly you find a way to win. And you know, the other team is pointing out and going, how the hell do we lose to those guys? This is what makes the SEC great. You get everybody's best, best shot, best effort, best effort every week. And, this is where the SEC starts to beat up on one another and, and take some of those teams that are, you know, Ole Miss right now, they're talking about, oh, man, if we can run the table, we can win the West. This is the type of game they could lose, and suddenly they're going, oh, this is why the SEC is so tough. You can't just win every week easily. Speaking of getting into uh, kind of the meat of that schedule for the SEC, good slate of games this week. Let's start by looking at Alabama making the trip to take on Texas A&M. And Arkansas's last opponent taking on their next opponent. Yeah, everybody is uh, everybody's on the A and M upset uh, bandwagon this week. Um, you know everything that I'm reading. Uh, look, A and M's defense has played like that. They, these are two teams that really mirror each other, right? Like A and M had the one hiccup defensively against Miami. Alabama had the one hiccup defensively against Texas. Both of them lose those games, but outside of that. You know, Bama's been pretty dominant defensively in every other game. A&M has been pretty dominant defensively in every other game outside of Miami. So, uh, it's funny. You look through all the stats, they're both about equal in rushing the ball. Um, you know, they, they, they have, a, you know, close to equal, same amount of rush yards. Uh, stack totals, A&M has 20, Alabama has 17. And they both have quarterbacks that have missed starts this year. You know, uh, obviously, Max Johnson didn't start the year as, as the guy. He took over for Connor Wegman. And on the other side, Jalen Milrow was benched for the USF game and then came back. So 
it's uh, it's just kind of fascinating. I mean, these are two teams that just really mirror each other, and that's why I think that line is still so low. I, it, it is mind-boggling that Alabama is the two-point road favorite because you would think it would start moving towards in favor of A&M, the fact that everybody is picking A&M in this one. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be low scoring. That, that line keeps coming down. It was at 47. The score is down to 46.5 now. Uh, I, this, to me, screams like 20, 20 to 17 type game. Like, whoever takes care of the football doesn't turn it over, I think has a great chance to win. And uh, I don't know. I keep leaning a little bit more towards Alabama because so many people are still doubting Alabama and the offense of Jalen Milrow. But, again, two really, really good defenses going at it. And, gosh, A&M, all those big four- and five-star kids that they've recruited the last couple of years are finally starting to play up to their billing. And, uh, you know, it looks every, every time you turn your head, a kid named Shamar is getting a sack. They got like eight of them over there. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I just keep leaning towards Alabama in this one because everybody's picking A&M. But, look, nothing would warm my heart more than to see the Aggies pull up the upset against Alabama. But the only problem with that is that we're talking about A&M in the driver's seat for the SEC West. And that A&M Ole Miss game coming up in a couple of weeks, that, that could decide the SEC West winner if those teams are still winning at, at that point. So we have a Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC as well as Sports Talk 790 here on Out of Bounds. You know, another game that I know we all had circled for all purposes and all reasons, Gordy, before the season started was the big top 25 matchup happening this weekend. In fact, uh, one of two, and no, I'm not talking about Georgia-Kentucky. I'm talking about LSU and Missouri because that's a big game for both of these teams. <laughs> LSU, you know, they're very upset, as you mentioned, of uh, losing to Ole Miss the way they did. They got the Florida State loss. And even against Arkansas, I know they got the win, but there were still some frustrations on how they played. And then you got Missouri, who is sitting at 5-0, and a top 25 team. And I know they beat Kansas State, still looking for another signature victory. And this is a home game for Missouri. So do you think that this is when LSU bounces back, or do you think Missouri is legit? It's got to be about such spot for LSU. They're too damn talented and too good offensively to go and pick up their third loss season this quickly. I think Vegas agrees. I mean, uh, all week LSU's been around a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm looking at the most updated line they saw of LSU as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So coming a little bit more towards Missouri. But, you know, this is held strong all week. LSU is a road favorite. People are looking at it going, man, Missouri, what a story. Five and oh, Eli Drinkwood, get this offense coming. Brady Cook's playing out of his mind. Luther Burden is the leading SEC is the leading receiver in the SEC this season. Cody Schrader is the number two rusher in the SEC right now behind Ray Davis. All these great storylines for Missouri, and yet we're still going to go with two loss LSU because we feel like their their team is just more talented. They got more stud players on LSU, and yes, they've been outcoached uh, defensively. They've you know they they left a lot on the field last week defensively, giving up 700 yards of offense to Ole Miss. But as much talk as as it's gotten about how bad LSU's defense is, we're not talking enough about how good LSU's offense is. And if if that if they never had that Joe Burrow 2019 season, this would literally be the greatest offensive season for LSU in their football history right now. Jaden Daniels is on another level right now. I, I couldn't believe Monday morning when I saw LSU is number four in the country in total offense. I said somewhere uh, miles or, or somewhere less miles is like having a panic attack going, wait, you can't throw the football that much at LSU. Like, Les, was, Les loved to play games in a phone booth and win games, you know, 17 to 13 with Jordan Jefferson throwing for like 90 yards. Um, you know, I never did in my day outside of Joe Bird, I think we see another LSU quarterback going for like 300, 400 yards and a ton of touchdowns. But Game Daniels is the real deal, man. I mean, he's, he's a legit 
special offensive weapon. And in all honesty, if, if he had a good defense, they could have gotten some stops against Florida State and against uh, against Ole Miss. They could be undefeated, and we'd be talking about Jaden Daniels for the Heisman right now. I just feel like he's a special talent that deserves a lot more credit. And I felt bad for him for Saturday night. I'm looking at him going, dude, I'm sorry LSU gave you a piss-poor defense because if this offense – had any just even mediocre average defense right now, they would they would have one less loss, if not two. So, um, yeah, I, again, I think if LSU is, is going to be this good offensively, they have to go into Como and get a win. They just they can't lose to Missouri because this season could really derail quickly. Georgia seems to be on an upset alert every week. They play it close. Is this the week that it happens with Kentucky taking on Georgia? Yeah, I mean, ask uh, ask Musk. I mean, it, it, it's the, what's the mentality in the tournament? Survive in advance. It doesn't matter if you win by 20 or win by one. In, in Georgia right now, it's just about win. I mean, I know they've played with fire. They they played South Carolina close. They played with Auburn close. But at the end of the day, are you making the winning plays to get the victory? That's all that matters. So, I think a little bit of it is, we, you know, there was so much hype in the offseason going for a three-peat. Their schedule is weak. They should run through the schedule. I think there's been a little bit of motivation factor there where, you know, it's hard to get up for some of these teams that you think you're so much better than. But they've had tons of injuries, too. Like, they've had so many guys banged up. They finally got Lad McConkey back this week. I've uh, gotten some guys back in their in their secondary. They've got Bullard back. So, we'll see uh, We'll see what kind of effort Kentucky brings. But, man, Kentucky, this might be one of Mark Stoops' better teams he's had in recent years. The defense is, is, is physical and attacking up front. Love J.J. Weaver and those guys. And then the run game, Ray Davis. Ray Davis was a top-five rusher in the SEC a year ago. He just played at Vanderbilt. Nobody knew who he was. Now he's at Kentucky. He's turning some heads. And everybody's going, my God, this is the SEC leading rusher. And, um, honestly, Auburn moved the ball on the ground against Georgia last week. If I'm Ray Davis at Kentucky, I'm looking at it saying, look, our offensive line is much better this year than it was a year ago. If we can run the football against Georgia and move the chains, Kentucky's going to be in this game till the very end. I like Devin Leary. I think he can make all the throws Will Levis made the last two years. So they're going to go in and give and give uh, Georgia a dogfight. I just I wish this one was in Lexington. If it was in Lexington, I'd be all over Kentucky's bandwagon. But it just feels like playing in Athens, it'll be advantage Georgia. Probably a close game again, and uh, I'd expect Georgia to pull it out late. So we'll see. I, I think Kentucky's got a shot. But uh, if they do, if they do pull this out, man, Mark Stoops, is looking like, uh, you know, the cream of the crop in the SEC East, and uh, we might be talking about a, a Coach of the Year candidate. Gordy, uh, i got to ask you, though, we, we, we can't believe we missed the, the biggest SEC game, the most important SEC game, and the one that everyone's going to be watching, Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, this is the biggest yeah. SEC game of the weekend. Uh, Texas number three, Oklahoma number 12. This I know that it's always a big deal, but, man, when you have both these teams about to join the SEC, both undefeated, both uh, having great years so far, uh, how do you see this one uh, playing out? Do you think Oklahoma gets the upset, or do you think Texas is back and still back and looks for real after getting a big win over the rival? Well, I thought you were going to bring up Vandy, Florida, because that is the revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, uh, it, it is funny. This is an SEC game. I do a weekly hit on uh, a station over in Austin, and uh, yeah, they were talking about this as it's already an SEC matchup because the Big 12 doesn't want any part of it. They're not even acknowledging it. They're, their commissioner is not going to this game, Brett Dormark. Greg Sankey is going to this game. Greg Sankey is flying to uh, or to uh, Dallas. He'll be in attendance for Oklahoma, Texas. So just kind of funny that their future 
you know, boss, I guess you would say, is, is going to be attending the game, but their current boss not going to be there in your barn. So, yeah, I think this is this is the time for Texas to show they're the real deal. I mean, Sark has done a great job so far. Quinn Ewers has been outstanding. The run game has been really good. Uh, as soon as Kansas made it close last week, Texas pulled away. And that's, that's one of those games in years past that Texas would, you know, kind of let Kansas hang around and, and, and play with fire. I thought uh, this is a much different Texas team. I mean, they're they're instilling their will on their opponents. And look, Oklahoma's undefeated. They're five and zero, but it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. I mean, who have they really beat? Iowa State is terrible now. Uh, Cincinnati's not very good. They beat up on a Tulsa and SMU. So this is the first real test of the year for Oklahoma, in my opinion. Whereas Texas, they've been tested. They went and got a road win in Tuscaloosa earlier in the year. So I think this is one like everybody's expecting to be close. But in my mind, I think Texas. Wins and wins big in this one. It sends a big statement to Oklahoma that Texas is winning the Big 12 this year. Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790, as well as the Locked On SEC podcast. You can follow him at Chris Gordy. Man, as always, it's great to talk with you, Gordy. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend of football, Major League Baseball, all that fun stuff. And I know we'll be catching up with you next week. Yeah, guys, Arkansas basketball season is almost here.